0: Welcome to More to Come PW's Weekly Podcast on Comics and Graphic Novel Publishing. I'm Calvin Reed now, just a mere contributing editor at Publishers Weekly. Uh, check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right. This is an incredible treat for me. Uh, we're going to introduce and talk to, you know, a couple of people. I sort of consider them the visual poets of the Lower East Side. Uh, they're some of my oldest friends in New York, uh, and that we won't even, that's before we even get to, uh, how much I love and admire them as artists. James Romberger, his partner, Marguerite Van Cook, uh, thank you both so much for being on More to Come.
1: We're happy to be here, Callum. Delighted.
0: Uh, As am I. So, uh, one, the, the main reason I want to talk to you, and we've discussed this before, is to talk a little bit about David Warner Roe, which is extraordinary graphic uh, memoir, Seven Miles a Second, uh, created, uh, in collaboration with him and the both of you. James doing the artwork, Marguerite doing the color, uh, the amazing color. Uh, but just very quickly, let me just give a quick background to our listeners, uh, so that they know a little bit more about you if they don't already know you. James is an artist, a cartoonist. Critic and essayist, a professor now, a, a former curator at galleries, and we'll have to talk about their your, your co-direction of of Ground Zero, the the, the uh, legendary gallery space, uh, and Marguerite, his partner, artist, writer, musician, singer, also professor, uh, and of course the author of uh, another great graphic memoir, your own. The Lake Child and Other Animals, uh, in collaboration with, with James. Uh, as I said before, they were also co-directors of a legendary gallery space. Full disclosure, they gave me my first one-person show in New York, and they have been incredible supporters of my art side that many people don't really know much about. Uh, um, uh, we're going to talk about Seven Miles a Second because it is a signature publication, I think, in the history of comics. In the history of, uh, in my view, uh, straight dude, uh, the LGBTQ movement and the AIDS crisis, uh, of the eighties and nineties. Um, uh, have I gone on long enough?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did good, Calvin. <laughs> I did good.
0: Okay, good. That, that's good. So I just want everyone to know a little bit about you. Um, very, very quickly, let's just start off with talking about seven miles a second. Can you just tell us for our listeners who may not know who David Warnarovich is or about this incredible, um, publication, this book, Seven Miles a Second, uh, who was David Warnarovich?
1: Uh, well, David was a, uh, multimedia artist, kind of a filmmaker, uh, writer, artist, mm-hmm. you know, he made big paintings. Sort of a lot of collages. He's a very multi-talented character, quite like Marguerite. Uh, I'm a little more limited than what I do, but, uh, these guys are Renaissance people. And, uh, and you know, David started out a bit rough, but he got better really quickly. And uh, actually the misfortune of being diagnosed with AIDS made him, uh, really like put his nose to the grindstone and, and, and improve massively within a few years to, to, own his message, and he was very angry, and uh, he became a hero to uh, mm. a good part of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. True, uh, mm. and the rest of us who who are, are supporters of that movement. Uh, he passed away of uh, AIDS related problems uh, in the early nineties. I'd started the book with him when he did two shows at our gallery, Ground Zero, which mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. and then when that closed, I. I what year was doing, that? About 83, 84? 80, 80 no, it was, it, we started in, six, in 84. It, it was
0: just before my show, if I'm at one of the The
1: gallery started in 84 yeah. and then we, we were, by the end of 80, by 87 we were done and then mm-hmm. I started working with him on the, on mm-hmm. this comic. So, you know, he had, he had an idea of like, it being kind of mainstreamed in comics form, so. Mm-hmm. Like his, his horrendous story of, you know, a childhood, uh, you know, on Times Square as a, as a male prostitute and then a, a homeless teenager. And then it, there was a third part he had figured out that would be him living with AIDS. Well, I did the first two parts and he saw those inked and finished to that degree, like drawn and, you know, fully adapted. And, uh, then the, he passed away before I got to the third part. So I had to kind of. Contact his, his boyfriend Tom and, uh, who, uh, gave me access to his journals. And then I, I managed to find bits and pieces that kind of corresponded with what we discussed as to what he wanted to do. I mean, he wanted to end it with this like happy day where he's just happy to be alive, but there was nothing in his text that, that, that said that. So I just had to, I, I worked with what I had and, uh, mm-hmm. it's a pretty bleak book that, you know, where the writer actually dies at the end. I don't know how many mm-hmm. books that happens in, but, uh, it was finally published by, uh, it went through a whole series of, re- I got a big pile of rejection letters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Almost every publisher in the country. But finally, I remember. <laughs> but finally by a, a miraculous confluence of events, DC Comics picked this thing up and in some
0: ways he the most it. unlikeliest, unlikely publisher.
1: Well, it's weird because I was at that time in the early nineties, uh, I was getting a little bit of work from, from D.C. with their Paradox Press mm, book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Andy and, and the dummy for Seven Miles a Second sat on several desks, including Lou Stathis, the late Lou Stathist, mm-hmm. different people, and they all said, there's no way in hell uh D.C. or Vertigo would ever touch this thing. But uh, as it turned out, the head of DC, Jeanette Kahn, was friends with yes people connected with David, and she came over and looked at
2: P-P-O-W, it.
1: PPOW, right? Oh, yes, yeah, sure. PPOW.
2: They show up PPOW. They yes.
1: show at PPOW. Yes, was, so we are
2: Wendy and, and Penny. The gallery, yes. Oh, it was mm-hmm. a small
1: art world, and it was like Exit Art, and uh, PPOW, they were friends, and Jeanette's mm-hmm. friends with Exit Art, they sent them over to PPOW, and she just went back to Vertigo and said, do this exactly the way they want it, and they pretty much did. So. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, it took maybe another twenty years before we were able to actually get it into a second edition because they weren't. Can I gonna... jump in for a second? Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: Marguerite was helping out all along here. Can can can, can Marguerite jump in a little bit?
1: Uh, I'm just going to say Marguerite was, you know, she was there. You know, she was knew David very well, and we were working to, with him in the gallery. It wasn't until mm-hmm. actually the book. uh was nearing getting published by DC that Marguerite just, you know, for the heck of it, tried coloring one of the page. I was going to color it, but Marguerite did a, a sample page of mm. like the first pages. That I went, Oh my God, this is True. like you'd never do in a million years. You're going to do it. So, yeah. and what she did is so intense and so amazing that, uh, you know, she really became the third collaborator and, and, mm. and you had to go to a lot of effort to make sure she got cover credited as the third collaborator. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave that
2: to Mark. But, I mean, I, I will jump in. At the beginning, James and David were working pretty closely together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they would sit at a table and David would have this text and they would they'll go over the text. And then periodically David would, like, scribble something with a biro on the back of an envelope, you know. Mm-hmm. And then James amazingly... Who, James's layouts on that are really incredible. um You know, he just is using all kinds of devices to send you off kilter, really. to just mm. you know, It's deliberately disturbing in passages, especially the surrealist dream sequences,
1: which yeah. David would a
2: yeah. notebook next to his bed and would wake up and write down these dreams. So they're in the, you know, so it's like straight from the horse's mouth. So it wasn't sort of like, you know, uh, just to allay suspicions that we didn't work with David.
0: Because there there are uh, sequences of just dazzling hallucinatory images uh, yes. in the book.
2: Yes.
1: Well, you can't be a cubist nowadays, but you can still be a surrealist. And David yes. is yes. a surrealist yeah. Uh, yeah. kind of oh.
2: So and so the two of them would go over there and sit there and huddle, you know. And it was like, mm-hmm. and it was even. Really but when um I was really familiar with David's palette as well. So mm-hmm. you know, although there's some of my own, like there's a lot of my own. Emotional outpouring in the colour because obviously, you know, at the end of that book, um, David had died by the time we were working on the end of it. And James had really bravely, in my opinion, you know, sat with the journals, um, which was, um, heartbreaking, yeah. you know, really heartbreaking to have somebody that you knew that well and then to be in their intimate memoir. But, you know, but going back to the colour, um, and just our relationship with David, we were all pretty close, you know. Mm. And um, so I knew his paint palette. And we got on a road trip together where to Virginia where we basically was like a whole painting jam. And we essentially destroyed some lovely people's gallery. They were just painting like random craziness all over the walls. But David had the paint. So I mean, I really knew. <laughs> yes. I knew what his palette was, and then I knew my own palette. And so was sort of, you know, to bring them together. But um James and David, you know, they worked very closely, you know, and they would sit over there. And at those days, everybody was smoking like mad, so it was like smoking <laughs> away, you know. And David <laughs> uh, had the good
0: old days, typewriter.
2: yeah, yeah. He had like an old <laughs> typewriter, click, 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 and they sit there, smoke, type, and scribble, and you know. So it's a, it was an amazing process.
0: Very quickly, the, D.C. Vertigo published their version in 1996. Uh There was another version, uh, and I think there was a little more toward the what you had originally conceived in 2013 by Fantagraphics. And now you have, the, the last few years, you have got the rights back, and you publish it through Ground Zero Books, if I'm not mistaken. The, yes. Also the name of your... As I keep repeating, legendary gallery space. We really Before 911,
2: by the way. We were, we were ground zero way before 911 happened. Yeah, yes. Yeah, actually,
0: <laughs> clarify that. Ground zero had another meaning on the Lower East Side than it, than it had much later after the 911 catastrophe.
1: You might recall, Calvin, that actually what happened was, uh, Vertigo had taken as, as the way comics are done and especially now they're done all the time like this. They took Mar- what Marjorie did was her, she did her water, watercolor colors on, on Xeroxes. And then those were considered color guides by DC who then sent it out to a company, mm. uh, called digital chameleon that, uh, separated the colors, but they, you know, they turned it into that kind of plasticky digital color. Yeah. So when we wanted to get it reprinted and the first reprint was actually supposed to be you with a uh, read press and. Oh, that's
0: right. I here, forgot. That's yeah, right. I almost forgot that.
1: We did I... the mastered color for your version and we added the, the pages. That's right.
0: I forgot. We had a Leeward. Somehow to... that
1: company went, went tits up after, you know, Jackson's book. And yeah. then so it was another few years we had all that work ready to go. And finally uh, I, I wrote, I think I was talking to uh, Eric Reynolds up at uh Fanagraphics And I said, well, you know, we do have seven miles a second. He's like, what, what's that? And I was absolutely <laughs> floored. It turned out him and Gary Groth didn't even know it existed. And I then, think
0: far too many people today, today still it. don't know it exists,
1: but go no, on. They never, they just, you know, they sold out their, their, their version and everything. Hmm. That was fine. It's just that when the, uh, you know, they did a beautiful hardcover and so that, mm. you know, then that the thing, and I finally got to do the cover the way I wanted to because mm. DC for some reason didn't.
2: That was the only thing they could change. Yeah. That was the only thing they had the ability to Well, they
1: changed to- one other thing. I'd drawn Goofy, oh. you know, on David's table. He had a little Goofy, oh,
2: yeah, goofy yeah, driving
1: yeah. the car and they go, yeah. Oh, we can't do that because Disney will sue us. So they turned. they had some. Some you know production artist turn it into a little rat or
2: something.
1: <laughs> Goofy became a rat. Well, now the Goofy's restored in the you know <laughs> ever since your, your you know the version for you in Fanagraphics. Yeah. Anyway, when the when when uh the Whitney Museum did this big retrospective show of David of David's yeah. work a few mm-hmm. years ago, you know Fanagraphics had sold out their books. And I was like, I, we need like hundreds. He goes, Oh, I don't believe, you know, Gary was like, I don't believe that museum people are going to want a comic book. Well, he goes, okay. So you, Gary you, Gross said that
0: you, know, <laughs> you
1: can have, you can have the rights back. And, and so we published our own paper. Gary, book. shame on you. It yeah, was, it was the best that. seller at the <laughs> bookstore. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> well, then this is one of know, the great American
0: memoirs. Okay. That's, I just, I have our, to say that in everything. This is one of the great. Memoirs of American literature. Yes, I said it. It brings with anything else out there.
1: Well, I use your review on the book cover. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, once, you know, we made a certain amount for the mu- museum and then our son actually did a lot of research online and he found us a really great printer. In China of all places and, uh,
2: and we now we,
1: we've got a, a, a lot of them and we're selling them. And I got to say, we do a hell of a lot better selling them ourselves than so we, we almost got paid nothing for the thing the whole time from, from other yeah, publishers.
2: We are, and now at
1: least we get a lot, a, a good percentage of the cover price. Yeah,
2: but he's, he's so you know, that's, uh, let me Thank just you very much. Here.
1: jump in, please Marguerite.
2: There is no way in hell that this pays any kind of money. That's, you know, this oh, is yeah. but
1: it's still better now than it was. Years, we were getting a screen,
0: basically, <laughs> this it. is a key thing in a moment now with the whole comics broke me business going around. I don't know if you follow that. Just the ability. We talked about the, how yeah, hello, do you, you know make a like? living making comics?
1: The name of that comics broke me. That's, yeah. that's, uh, amalgamated from my Kirby quote. Is it? Yeah. Well, you, no doubt. He goes, comics broke. Comics broke my to your heart. Heart. Yeah. And they, that has been entered yes. into the lexicon now. And now they even have mangled it up to be the name <laughs> of this thing. Comics broke me. It's like, look, Jack was not that fatalistic. He was just like, don't get screwed, kid. You know, like, and because Jack got screwed, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think many of the people, and these are younger people, uh, who in some ways have a lot more options uh than comics people have ever had. But still... They understand that, or they feel that they can't
1: do Wait, this. what options? You mean no page rates? Well,
0: I mean page rates, book deals, uh, webtoon, uh, self-publishing. Look, I, I, there, as it's I've dumb, said before, dumb. there are more ways for artists to be underpaid and exploited than ever before. So, yeah.
1: It's worse than Charlton. I mean, it's worse than yeah. Charlton. They pay a nickel a page. I mean, more than getting paid from a lot of
2: people. I, I do just want to say something in relation to seven miles a second. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> it is, yeah. It is, um you know, I consider, I don't know if James does, because we don't agree about everything, but I consider it. Part of my duty of care to keep this comic in the world. Yeah, that's a, you know? yes, it thank, a yes. It's a legacy thing that you know we have to keep David's David's voice. You are of,
1: stewards you know? as well as the creators of the, the, the. Yeah,
2: so so it has you know so it has that as well. Yes, yeah. you know
1: the, the only thing I was trying to say is like if we're publishing it ourselves, that that means we're not getting the co- contracted 004 percent of the cover price. Right. that everybody else right. kind of tends to give everybody.
2: Then we and can afford the everybody. mailing, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it also yeah. means that. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, it needs, you
0: know, you need marketing, you need distribution, whatever. Do you, you have a I assume it's a print on demand situation?
1: No, we've no, got a no, number of them we're selling them. That's all. Yeah.
0: cool, yeah. yeah. oh, that's good. Uh yeah. look, um but um so where are we now? And uh, now and also, I think one of the important things about you taking the publishing control back over this uh this really uh important work Uh, is that you've been able, you know, as you said, you've been able to, to kind of restore it in some ways or certain things. And I think you made some additions as well, just to add the story out, new pages. Am I wrong?
2: James added a a page of, you know, added a page of, uh, David painting at one point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Uh, I
1: I had pages I'd done in the first place, designed, but for some reason or another, I chose not to, not to use. Upset of like about five pages worth, Mm -hmm. because for one thing, I was like at that point, I was like, "Well, I'm the artist, so I'm not going to show David as an artist," (laughs) 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 et cetera, et cetera. So they'll confuse the audience, yeah. (laughs) But did add, you know, I added back in, you know, these pages for the to freshen the book. As you, I even said, I I had the conversation with you. You said it's always a good idea to freshen the
2: book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He yeah, also we added a poem. that There was a poem of David's that hadn't been published anywhere. Yeah. And we put that at the very end.
1: The epigraph. Yeah. And, that? Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: and yeah. that was kind of, the, you know, to honor David saying, you know, that he wanted to have some sort of happy ending, which, of course, you know, there isn't. But the, the happy ending for me is always that, you know, his memory is with us.
1: Yes. Now yeah, we do, you know, we still have material that hasn't been seen, including We did a, Marguerite and I did a 10-page ground zero about David, which we considered putting in this thing, but then we didn't because it's a different tone. But we have that, and we have the 3D cover with animation. It was a lenticular design, and I could still do that. I have a lot more experience doing the animation now. So Mm -hmm. for, like, a special edition at some point in the the near future, I'd Uh like a, a boutique, like, you know, edition of the book with with the 3D cover and with this extra story and with an essay that, you know, it's already written with Mm -hmm. samples of work that that David did at our gallery and that we did shows that we did together with him. And so, you know, it it supplements the book in a different way and, and we'll do that at some point. But right now the book stands on its own as a paperback and it looks exactly the way we wanted it.
0: Now I have the, the edition I have is the Fantagraphics edition and it has that, Image of David underwater. Now, yeah, that's not you know. in the original version. Am no, I, right? no.
1: that's right. what I mean, it's a
0: beautiful and affecting image. Uh, but that's is kind of the thing. They're, they're, you, you make certain additions to, for whatever reasons you did. Uh, and it, it obviously it works in different ways.
1: Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Cha- it didn't change it much. To no,
0: no, no. It was, no. Like it was just people. another powerful, yeah, image a powerful book.
1: I read somewhere online, somebody's going, oh, this is, this is a really great book, but you don't get any idea that David's an artist in it. So I was like, oh shit, I better add that to him. <laughs> he's, he's like competing with David. <laughs> I was about that. It was just like, oh, I think it made sense. When, you know, by the time I did it, it made sense. You know, you
0: know, I didn't know David well. I, I met him a couple of times, but I he, he was the signature figure on the Lord's
1: show. Uh, hmm? <laughs> He came to your show. <laughs> he
0: did, did. And, and you know what? I first time I ever met him, and I think I've told you the story before, was that I heard, this was in the early eighties, I heard him at the St. Mark's poetry reading on New Year's Day. I was blown away. I think some of the, I think the, the, even the poem that he read is the one or parts of it is the one where he's essentially punching out St. Patrick's Cathedral. Right. There's an amazing surreal image of there, but throughout his writing, as I heard him read over, over a number of years. That and as you were saying, he came to my show, but I saw the show that he did at the ground zero gallery. You killed me first. Yeah. 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 Uh, that installation. And I was like, wow. So yeah. he, just to, just, just this, just of my recollections of David as an artist. Uh, and, and I met him a couple of times. I didn't know him well. Nothing like the way you two did.
2: So, um, um, uh, he was such a, you know, he could be so serious and scary to people because, you know, he wouldn't take any bullshit, right? So that yeah. was the first thing. But also he was very funny I and, mean, you know, I mean, for our point of perspective, he was a, you know, he was funny. He was, a, you know, good to be around. He was, you know, we didn't get the like, you know, the mean, scary, deep voice of <laughs> Well, he, he was a off. big
0: dude. I mean, oh, yeah, he, was, he was not. He was a big dude. You looked up to him. I mean, literally.
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> um, yeah he took off a very kind of uh, Robert Mitchum vibe. He wasn't like, you know. He, he now, was, the, yeah.
0: the book incorporates, I mean, imagery that uh, some of the imagery from his heart. The, the cow skull. I mean, of course, there's so many great, incredible images in this book. Uh, the opening image of him as a kid on Forty uh, Times Square. That's actually, and that's another thing I wanted you to talk to a little about. I mean, this book is also a record of a New York City that almost doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the Times Square with the Nathans, hot dog, I mean, the hotels. Yeah, like the in um, New York. But
2: so, th- the so Lower East Side,
0: where we all live. That,
2: it's, the funny thing is, right, so there are, there are things in the book that I colored that look like they're completely insane, crazy coloring. Nathan's was yellow and green, bright yellow and green, yeah. and there were splashes of red. And at the time I'd been in a reggae band. So I loved going there. I would be there like with my reggae colors. I was just grooving on that whole scene down there. Sure. I used and, to go um, to <laughs> it. Blood, it? <laughs> I
0: love I love it. Yeah, if I was in Square, I would go to Nathan's, you know. And, yes. But the fries
2: and are the best.
0: <laughs> people have no
1: idea. They'd like the uh, help dude. him huh?
2: <laughs> and that place that James has him in front of aqua, you know, the the where he's standing in that first place—that was a real store with this like crazy yeah. stuff in the windows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Did, you cha- like <laughs> Did you check? It was a Nike
0: sign in there. Did you change
2: that? They took, made us take it out.
0: They yeah, you made you take it out.
2: Yeah. No, it's restored. You in put in it right back in. <laughs> in <the book. laughs>
0: Did you put it back in now? <laughs>
2: No, um the, yeah.
0: So world look, world. It, it, time is running down here and so I, uh, I don't want to keep, I don't want well, to go. I wanted to mention this yeah. movie that,
1: that, that we're in that's touring this, the country in these various theaters. It's called, uh, we hate the title, but it's called Make Me Famous, but mm-hmm. it's about another one of our artists from, uh, Ground Zero, Edward Brzezinski, who passed away mysteriously and, uh, we, you know, we, we, we got to know the filmmakers. They were interested at first. They were talking about making a play about Edward for some unknown reason. But then as we talked to them and as they talked to his friends, they came around to the idea of making a feature documentary film. And so they had gotten us to do artwork for the film, which is like, you know, certain things happened to Edward. He got in like in a bar fight at, in Berlin where these guys kept okay. beating him down, but he kept getting up and going, I'm a gay man and I want a beer, you know? So I drew this in a kind of a semi, you know, like a sequential form yeah. and different things. And and we did this artwork for the film, but then, you know, Marguerite speaks French very, very well. And, you know, the, what had happened to Edward was he passed away kind of mysteriously in the in the south of France. And Marguerite got the call from the embassy there because her number was the only thing in his pockets. And then wow. they weren't able to really understand what had happened to him. So we went with the filmmakers to the south of France. And then Marguerite kind of did the detective work. She went and spoke to the police, spoke to these various functionaries in Nice. Don't and- blow
2: the ending. Don't tell the ending. Yeah,
1: well, anyways, we, we found out what happened to Edward, and so you know, you see, it's sort of a detective story, but it also really captures, I think, the uh the energy of the East Village scene at the time when we were, uh when you and Austin, and we were all doing Ground mm-hmm. Zero. You mm-hmm. know, there's even you see footage of me and Marguerite meeting Edward at, at the first show that we were in, like in '84 or something, and. You know, and then it takes you all the way up to the present, and, and, yeah, and it, it, very like, quickly there were three locations for Ground you
0: know, Am I right? It was yeah. You know, when I was in my show was on uh, East 10th Street, right across yeah, from the park. Been, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you it it, or East 11th Street for a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where uh, uh, I really got to know you guys. I you, you yes. were pregnant. It was Crosby uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, James and I were talking about comic books. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then you yeah. had another space. Uh, yeah. right near Veselka, right off of yeah. 2nd 2nd
1: Avenue. Years is about as much as we could, we could deal with.
0: Yeah. Right. And I also want to mention the Ground Zero comic strip, which I continue to hope someone, you know.
2: I knew you were going to bring it up.
0: I really, this is an amazing archive, cartooning, comic archive of life in New York City. Uh, I know you got
1: all of the stuff. I do have yeah. all the stuff. We were looking I mean, at it. Let's reading.
2: just put this on the record. So my brilliant idea being very avant-garde at the time and, you know, deconstructive and, you know, was never to have it run in the same place more than once so that the <laughs> well, readers really had to place. seek it out. <laughs> I'll
0: bet. <laughs> finally,
2: I'll bet. Came, finally, these village, I did it a few times. So it was, you know, so there's some, some, you know, repetition there. But I mean, this was not one of the most far out things that you know that we. That it's we a, could it's do. an
0: amazing thing.
1: We put this together. Uh, I'm, I'm autobiographical kind of prior, work. I'm kind of prioritizing put putting the late child back into print, back in in a paperback small, you know, like a Good. smaller Great. kind of manga sized paperback edition. Do you have, you have the rights to
0: it? You, bring, are you Are you going to?
1: I got to talk to Gary. You know. You get the
0: book. I'll, I'll, I'll.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, that. and then, Ground Zero. Yeah, we could do it. But you know what's also weird is Marguerite and I both went back to school. Uh, yes, in the last couple of decades I'm, I'm here. And, I'm a professor.
0: I'm a that's right. I'm you got Dr. a doctorate.
1: <laughs> a little <laughs> difficult to go back and revisit this Earl of Manhattan so Community
0: long. College. Start there. Go anywhere.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> to,
0: uh... And,
2: like, and the... it
0: took you to Columbia University, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes. Well, so yes. it's
2: hard to revisit Columbia.
1: this older work, uh, and, and, and
0: No,
2: that... it isn't. Well, <laughs> whatever.
0: <No>, look, <laughs> well, well, very quickly, as time runs down, if you want a copy of David Warnerovich's landmark graphic memoir, Seven Miles a Second, how do you get it?
1: Well, you can go to Amazon and look up Seven Miles a Second with a, with the number seven. Okay. Go to groundzerobooks.com and get it through there. So Excellent. Excellent. Way. We fill the orders uh, either way. So.
0: Go get this book. It is one of the great, uh, autobi- you know, autobiographical works in American literature, uh, and certainly in American comics literature. Uh, and I will say that over and over again, uh, uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm incredibly, uh, feel incredibly honored and privileged that I had any involvement Around the edges at all. Um, did. Um, did. So Family. look, we're running out of time. Uh, I could talk to you guys forever. So we'll have to have another session. And we I can want to talk-
2: do a quick plug too. Please, please do. So I'm currently the president of Visual AIDS, which is an organization that, um, amongst other things, and we were was responsible for the red ribbon for as um, a mm-hmm. memorial for AIDS and Day Without Art, which is now World AIDS Day. We also have an archive of art by people who died of HIV AIDS. And we have a registry of people living, of artists living with HIV.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: you know, my legacy to David, my, you know, my, sure. uh, it continues to David is also now bled into this other project that I work on. Yeah. And, and I uh,
0: contributed to it. I have a piece of it. You
2: did. You and
1: I saw
0: your new drawing. I drew <laughs> something and I'm working on another drawing. This is another thing people, but. I'm well, working on a new bigger drawing. Bigger
1: than that one, Jesus! That one was so, a little—it's yeah. tiny.
0: I have, this one is a little big. It's not super big like my old drawing. That's
1: the first new drawing I saw from you it, in a long it, time. Yeah, well, it, that's albums. because it is.
0: But I'm working on something else now. I'll, I'll let you see it. There you go.
2: But anyway, anybody's free to go to use our archive. Go to visualarts.com and you can and you can use that. if
0: yes, Jody and I went to the uh the opening at over uh, over in Chelsea. Yeah, uh, when yeah, we, had, we were there. We didn't yeah, see. We were I would look, We were looking for you, so I, we didn't see you. We were. We were there. I really wanted to see it, and uh, it's an extraordinary show, and it's, and it's like an extraordinary movement and archive. So
1: every one of the damn things sold. <laughs> oh, that's
0: great. That's that's terrific. You're sold very quickly, Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. That's nice to know. That's nice to know. Um. I mean, well, as we time runs down, I just want to say again, go and get this book um uh, uh Marguerite and, and James have kept it in print uh it's it's a treasure uh it, it preserved David's memory an incredibly important and talented artist uh we we have to say as well in addition we we didn't even talk about witnesses against our vanishing the uh exhibition at artist space uh that they uh, that Jesse Helms and the Republicans attacked mm-hmm. um yeah, this was in the nineteen nineties? Yeah. I'm always amazed that I wrote about, about it for Art in America.
1: Censored. We're right, it. Republicans censoring uh yeah, Republicans.
2: Hey, yes, it's censored. We don't know. Yes. Same about old, same here.
1: old. Um,
0: so look, before this thing runs out, I just wanna say uh uh James Romberger, Marguerite Van Cook. Uh, Ground Zero, thank you so much for being Ground on-
1: GroundZeroBooks.com. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, yes, GroundZero. GroundZeroBooks.com. <laughs> uh, love you both. Thank you, you, Calvin. Too. Love you too. Alright, we you. will talk. Take care.
2: Bye bye.